You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 69 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here as always with my co hosts, Lee Fields and Jay Desai. How you doing, boys? What's up, everybody? Mm, excellent. Good. Well, we have a lot in store for you today. We're going to be interviewing one of our friends from 64 Audio about in-ear monitors and some best practices and some products that they have developed that are here to help you and give you better hearing health and better in-ear monitor experiences. I think I'm going to get me some. Yeah, I think you should. After, After we spoke with him, I think we have a way to get you on a path to getting some molds that work yeah it's gonna be good not a path to stage left let's not let's not, <laughs> no, no, let's not confuse let's not confuse the issue here <laughs> we're just gonna get you some cans and write 64 audio on it i'm it. in this for hearing protection from duck hunting and listening to music there you go well i think we've got a product for you yeah we'll get you something they make um active earplugs for shooting they, oh yeah, not that sixty four audio, but no, yes. no, no, no. Sorry, that when I say they, I mean yeah, the, the world. world, the royal they, yeah, yeah the world. That there's a microphone built in. I have them. I don't like it. It's crazy. It's the craziest thing. You can be shooting a shotgun, and as soon as you pull that trigger, it's faster than your eardrum receiving the sound pressure. So it shuts them off. How do it know? I don't know. I don't know. And the crazy thing is, like, as soon as the government figures out that it actually helps you when you're duck hunting, because I can turn that microphone up so loud that I can hear the birds coming from further away than if I had the earplugs out. It's unnatural. It's unnatural. That's why I don't like them when I, I just wear my earplugs at the range. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. You think, like, I'm going to blow my eardrums the first time, and you pull the trigger, and it's nothing. You can't hear it. It ducks so quick. It's crazy. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but how cool would it be if they made that? Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, before we dig in too much, there's a couple things we need to remind the good people of the podcast about. The first of which is the tour. Yeah. So if you're hearing this on May 31st and you're not out celebrating the Memorial Day holiday, and you haven't bought a ticket to the tour yet, then today's your lucky day because this is the final day of early bird pricing. So if you've been on the fence, that's right. If you're, if you're on the fence and aren't sure which city you want to go to for the tour, get your ticket today because starting tomorrow, June 1st, you're going to have to pay 25% more. So well, don't do that. No, have them do that, Jeff. My, my kids would like to eat. So we'll take more of their money tomorrow from their church than we would today. It's their fault. <laughs> okay. Well, so, if if your church is going to complain about that, then consider yourself <laughs> warned. Buy them today, save a little money. Actually, buy them today so that you can afford to bring more people because it'd be great if you could come with more of your team than just you. That's fine. I'm good with that. Um, the after parties, I know we keep saying this, but now all of them are almost sold out. So go get your after party tickets. And the VIP tickets are... Some of the cities are already gone, but I'm not going to go down the list. Just if you snooze, you're going to lose, folks. What what ex- what city are you the most excited about? I'm most excited, I think, about, well, there's a couple, but they're for different reasons. 
I'm excited about Nashville because the setup in Nashville is going to be something we've never done before. Yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to be, I think, if we can figure this out, we're, we're going to try and figure out how to do it in the round, which you're like, oh, you always do this in the round. No, no, no. Like 360 seating, it's a black box. So the room is like, you know, 80 by 80 by 80, maybe it's 100. And then we'll be in the center, but the seats will be built up stadium seats around us. And then over our heads will be um, the PA. And then there'll be screens on all four walls behind all the seating. So when you, if you're sitting in the seats looking at the consoles, looking past us, there'll be a screen on all four sides. Uh, that's cool. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's at IPS, um, one of our integrator partners. It's at their headquarters in Nashville. And I just found this out. This is news for um, you guys. The after party in Nashville, we just got confirmation on what artist we booked for the after party. So who I told you guys it was, uh, they confirmed they're in. Nice. Secret. Can't tell anybody. Well, and the cool thing about Nashville is that it is the final tour stop. And so who knows what other surprises might be coming. Like Keith Urban? We might just, well, you never know. I mean, there's a lot of people who live in Nashville, Jay. I think Dadu Worldwide needs to get on it and make that day a day that anyone who comes to MXU Live will never forget. I tell you what we won't do is we won't have some weird worship leader come and sing church song to us at the after party. So don't worry about that. It's going to be fun. No, sir. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. You're going to have a ball. No, nah, man. I'm getting Keith Getty. We're getting hymns in there. I, where's in the, like For the parking lot outside? <laughs> For your tailgate. You yeah. can design the tailgate, but I'm doing the music. <laughs> That's, That's funny. Great. Yeah, but that Nashville's an exciting tour stop. I I don't know. Is anybody uh, there are a couple of off-day locations yeah. that I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Um we're talking about um we have we have some friends at Notre Dame that have extended an invitation for us to come to a football game. I don't know if, yeah. if Spencer reached back out to them or not, but we are going to try our darndest to make that happen yeah that'd be awesome i know those guys I, I was blown away to get the email like the um some form of the technical team there on campus for the athletics department their subscribers and and they listen so hey guys hope you're listening and they sent an email saying hey we'd love to host you guys for a football game um like casually you know i'm, I'm like excuse you <laughs> what yeah this is possible it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Touchdown so yeah, Notre Jesus. Dame football, that'll be great. And, I mean, Amarillo, of course. Who Amarillo, Amarillo by morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, hey. Our bus driver is going to be sick of hearing that. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, but, hey, speaking of uh, guys who are subscribers to MXU Now, we have a couple of new videos on now, which I'm really excited about. One is... Um, a long form video about your experience with the wing. Yeah. And it is the basically soup to nuts from start to finish, how to build a mix yeah. on the Behringer wing, similar to the 32 minutes on an X32. Yep. This is about 40 minutes on a wing kind of soup to nuts. Yeah. It's, it's 40 minutes cause it takes that long to find what button to push, but um, <laughs> I don't know if my attention span can last that long. Well, I spend the first five minutes on the kick drum and then realized that it was five minutes on the kick drum and then I started speeding up. Okay, but I'll skip to five minutes. It's just part of it. Yeah, so 
that's on there. I listened to it today, and um, I think it's pretty good. I was pretty happy with it. Well, the other thing that's pretty good is the other video that we released today, which is our review of that console. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to spoil it, but for those of you who may be considering this console as the next thing to purchase, not that our opinion should sway you necessarily one way or the other, but I would say watch the video before you decide. Yeah, I think that's there fair. Are some things, there are th- things about the console that are perfectly fine and work great and actually are better features than what the X32 or M32 offered. And then there's some things that might be a bit of a yellow flag, if not a red flag. So that's a good way um, to check it. that out and just um, use it as a way to sort of consumer reports the heck out of this thing. Because I think anytime you're making a capital purchase decision, it's important to not go in blind. No, and we've never done review videos on gear. We try to stay pretty agnostic, but yeah, there's so much chatter about this console. I felt like we were um we were compelled to do it. I'll say that because so for the people, for the people because there's, you know, so many people love this desk and so many people are going, yeah. "Oh, we're going to upgrade to this." I feel like he it was important for us to tell you what we actually think that's on youtube so that's not even you even have to be a subscriber so go check out our youtube page um like and subscribe or wait actually you're supposed to say smash that subscribe button pound that like (laughs) our goal is to be the um church audio version of dude perfect apparently so that's good well we have eleven thousand subscribers and they have like 11 billion so 11 bazillion yeah i've never been in i've awesome. never gotten into their stuff but i just started watching it the other day with my nephew yeah yeah <laughs> and i know several folks that went and did that tour yeah yeah um and they're doing another one yep and i kind of want to go see it well why don't it's you awesome. ask jeff about his experience at the dude perfect tour did i not tell you this jay no nah. bro okay so i went i went because you know our our buddy lauren was producing yeah, yeah, and yeah. a bunch of our friends are on the crew and supporting it and all that. And uh, so we went with the family to the Charlotte stop. And so our good buddy, Brian Reese comes up to me when we're walking into the deal and he says, Hey, I want you to guys to come back and, you know, meet the guys. And so we got in the meet and greet line and Stella of course is just blown away that she gets to kind of say hi and shake hands to the guys. Then all of a sudden, Brian says, hey, Stella, how would you like to be in one of our games on stage? So she goes, she's in the bottle flip game and wins it. No. Yes. Yeah. In an arena, 15,000 people. Yeah. She got to smash a sugar glass bottle over one of the guy's heads. Like she's on iMag. You know, the CMS team has sent me the video. It's amazing. I'll send it to you. That's so great. cool. Yeah. Stella for the win. And, and wasn't it like a uh, it was an elimination game? So it's a bunch of kids. Yeah. And then she yeah, kept so they, going they to They start the next... with four. So it's like she, it's like a bracket thing. So she has to beat one kid, you know, two out of three, basically. And then she beats another kid. And then she gets to play against one of the guys, one of the dudes, and beat him. And she's not really like into bottle flipping. It's just. <laughs> That's good. She's, she's not going to need that trait in college at all, I promise. Well, no, probably not. You know, the next time you see a teenager doing some. <laughs> ridiculous activity and you think now why would you waste your time doing that dude perfect don't do it again yeah yeah that's a memory she'll never forget dude sans from cool dad well 
every now and then. So speaking of cool, before we get into the meat of what we were going to do today, I got to tell you guys a story. Okay. Because I didn't tell you this before we started recording because I wanted to get your real-time reaction. So I had lunch today. That's never advisable, by the way. No. (laughs) Well, for you, it's never advisable. But yeah, for Jay to do that on the air, we would never allow. But for me, it's generally pretty safe. So I had lunch today before we started recording. That's good. With the worship leader at our church here in Greenville, who has enlisted me to volunteer for the production team. Oh, it happened. There it is. I'm going to start volunteering at my church which is great. We're just glad you're going. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go and um, observe the workflow and go to a rehearsal and make sure that I'm up to speed on the M32. So I'm going to watch Lee's video. <laughs> and then here's the other thing, though. He gave me a huge compliment about MXU Now because he said when we started recording some music for an EP that we wanted to do, for our church, he said, we weren't even really sure if we could record well. Like, we didn't know what we were doing. So I watched your videos about how to basically get good sounds because I didn't know what EQ was. I didn't know about compression. I didn't know any of these things. They had an interface with one input and one microphone. So he said, when we recorded our drums, I put the mic in front of the kick and recorded the kick. Then we did the song again. I put the mic on the snare. We recorded the snare. Did the song again. I put the mic on the hi-hat. And then, so they recorded channel by channel for this song. What? And then he said, for our overheads, I borrowed a couple of condenser mics and put the mics in front of my near-field monitors and played the drum tracks so I could get the sound of all the drums together. Can you send me this recording? What? I've never heard of any of this in my life, but he said, thank you so much because I learned so much in that process. He said, I knew I learned what to do. I learned what not to do. I certainly learned what not to do, but it was actually, it turned out to be a demo that we could play for our senior leadership to prove that we could have a song that would be worth recording. So that's what got them to the point where they could actually go and record their first couple of songs. I want the session file. Oh my gosh. I Yeah, I can't even as he was describing it, I was like would that even work? That's really fascinating. I mean, theori- but, theoretically, y- yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, it works. I my mind is blown. Because here's where I'm at with this, just my initial gut which you're getting. This is a good reminder for where some people are at on the journey. Absolutely. You know? That's exactly what I thought. I thought, you know what? This this team, this guy at the time, this was, you know, a couple years ago like when our first videos just came out. So this was like right at the beginning. And you know, they they've come so far since then. But here's somebody who was really struggling cuz they wanted to figure out how to get their music to their people. And it was pre-live stream. It wasn't, yeah. you know, there was, they probably didn't have a Facebook feed at the time. But it was just, how can we get better? And just kind of figure it out little by little. But yeah, it's a great picture of where some churches are. It's application in its purest form. It really is. It's so good. I mean, when we recorded our first batch of videos in Vegas in 2018, I don't even remember when it was. 
you know, those videos were, we intended them to be level 100. Well, after doing this and so many videos for so long and, you know, and this conversation we're having right now is, it is even going to cause me to reset further. We learned that we didn't start basic enough. And those right. videos were, here's what an EQ is. Here's what polarity is. Here's, here's what a compressor is. And, you know, on the compressor video, we're explaining the attack time of the compressor is the amount of time it takes for the input signal once it crosses the threshold for the compressor to start in reduction. That to us at the time, because you know we're learning when we're doing this, that was level 100. It's not. That's it's level not. 300. Yeah. You know what I mean? Level 100 yeah. is one microphone capturing a sound, convert that signal. Even more basic than that, what's a microphone? What's a transducer? What's What's a sound wave? Yes. Like, how does combining sound waves work to make this particular sound? Yes. I mean, it's way building block, like way before 101. There's this funda fundamental thing that's that's pre, 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 any of that. I'm so stupid at math that I had to take 98 and 99 classes before I could take the 100 level class. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I was like that. I was literally in college. They were like, yeah, you don't qualify for uh, basic college math. You got to kind of go down too great on that so but like sometimes you just got to take it to the basics i think in channel strips to this day i yeah. literally think yeah like process was gain polarity high pass first then down yep. to eq or then you got sins and then eq like and then bus assignments like this sounds like i'm i'm plugging ourselves by this but remember back to when you were at that point in learning, like put yourself in those shoes again. Think about the amount of time it took from that level on our own journeys Oh yeah, to the point, just to the point where you really understood what EQ was doing. That first, I know for me, that was a couple years of yeah. it, being a teenager having PA equipment and playing in a band and not even understanding what a parametric EQ was, what those numbers meant. You know what right. I mean? And now totally. to have access to what we do, we, not even just us, just YouTube, okay? Yeah. The amount of information available at everyone's fingertips and, and certainly on the videos that we've done, it's right in front of you in real time. You can go from, you can watch 10 videos in the course of an hour and a half and learn the same amount of time that, Jeff, it took you and I and Jay two years to learn by trial and error. You can do it in an hour and a half yeah. now. That's insane. Yeah, it's wild. But by the same token, you still have to get the reps in front of an instrument with a band on stage to be able to apply that stuff. You know, you can't, you can learn what the numbers mean, but in order to really yeah. figure out how they impact the overall sound, Yep. That's that's a different thing. There's the science and the art, and the art of it can be a lifetime. I mean, I'm still, gosh, after all these years, we're still learning about the art. Right. The flip side of this, what I just said, is the application of those skills I've found to be stronger when people learn the application first and not the ones and zeros. So it's like, I don't know what true. these knobs necessarily do, but I was able to get it to sound like this. Right. Awesome. I have a good feeling for what sounds good. Right. And then you may have people that know that, 
you know, if you combine this, these ratios and this compressor and transducer and this, you know, they just rattle off everything because they know it so well, but can't mix themselves off of paperback, you know? Yeah. So we see both. Wow. That was awesome. So anyway, that's my story. Yeah. So I think it's though time to have a little special nod and maybe an extended session of turn down for MXU. Now that is a great idea. I'm game. We've done 69 episodes of this podcast, and we thought we should devote a whole, more than just one segment to turn down for MXU. So I think we're going to kick it off with a normal entry that came in through our team Slack. And then um, yesterday we posted on Instagram a, a question in stories, and what's the worst complaint you've gotten? And we got hundreds and hundreds of responses. I mean, it blew Amazing. up. I, I, I That's the most response we ever had to any kind of post. So they're just one sentence, but some of them are freaking hilarious. Some of them are kind of serious. Some of them are crazy dark. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. So we'll get there. But first, we need to do the one that came into Slack. Lee, do you have it? I do. Let me pull it your, up here. At your fingertips. Yeah. Okay. This was submitted by our friend Brady. Um, and this one's going to require some unnecessary censorship, Jeff. Okay, great. He's, he's used to that with me. Okay, I'll just read it. Here we go. Several weeks ago when we met, you said that you were, quote, working on it. Since then, I have noticed that the music during prayer is somewhat <laughs> but the music after the service is <laughs> It is no longer necessary for the worship center to be cleared for the <laughs> so there is no reason to try and force people out of the room we have not seen in many months and it is a time of brief fellowship amen but we can't hear each other because of the loud last sunday i tried to talk to three people but neither of us could hear each other i simply do not understand why you insist on such loud many people are semicolon you may not hear it but others do and why in the would you move the drum cage to the other side of the podium before the <laughs> pandemic the small groups that met on that side of the building were complaining about the music and the thousands of dollars that we spent on reducing the noise did not work i can't tell that you are unbelievable that is rough and hilarious. I mean, that is real talk, if there ever was real talk. That's complaining about the volume of the walkout music. That's yeah, all it was. So, yeah, the comment from the poster was, gosh, I didn't realize 85 dB is driving people away from the room. Yeah. Unreal. Now, I will say 85 dB of walkout music, that's... That's up there. That's pretty loud. That's pretty loud. Yeah, it's, it's pretty loud. You probably couldn't carry on a conversation and be distraction-free, but uh, some churches How like loud is your be, walkout music? I mean, I have never checked, but I feel like it's in the high 70s. I've never really looked either. I should check. I want to check now. Maybe I'm wrong, but there is definitely a line, I think, of the walk-in, walk-out music. Like, it can help the atmosphere 100%. 100%. But what, they're, what your RTA is measuring, though, is overall volume. So right. Your music might be 75 or 80, but then when you add people talking and they're 
moment of fellowship time yep. on top of that, then it might be 85. That's true. Which I know where the, the fa- I know where the fader goes, so I'm gonna go measure it today. Yeah. For one. That's walk. good. Yeah, because you guys would be a church that had it a little more vibrant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we want to, you know, dance. Yeah. You want people to feel the music. Yeah. A little more hype. Cover up a fart or two, you know. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to some of the ones from Instagram because some of these are I mean, funny and sad and ridiculous and all that at the same time. So, okay, you ready for some of these? Let's just let's just roll through. Y'all, y'all just read them off as you get. I'm going to start with my friend Dylan Howell. He's got one. What was the question? Okay. What was the, the question? Was what's the worst complaint you've ever received? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Dylan said, "Turn it down, or I'm calling the fire department." <laughs> <laughs> Here's one from from Chelsea. I have an app on my phone, and the DB are at 100%. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chelsea, I'm sorry. Uh, the haze is choking me. It's so hard to breathe in here. Which, I, they called it haze, so that's an indicator. Yeah. All um, right, here's one. Uh, why, does, why does the worship team use devil instruments to worship? That was referring to the electric guitar. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Y'all, what about that Debbie one? Oh, Debbie's was dark. Oh, I like I I felt several things. The low end was responsible for my mother's death that same night. I have questions. I mean, I've got many questions. I don't, I, Un- I felt so bad. I hope. Yeah, I hope that was a sick joke. Whoever yeah. turned that in, you twisted individual. The drums are too loud. Please get your drummer to start using styrofoam drumsticks. Styrofoam drumsticks? <laughs> what a mess. Well, here, hold on. This might be connected to the mother who passed away because Jared says, You've caused my body physical pain because of the bass. My pacemaker acted up. I wonder if there's a validity to that. Can that Is there happen? a low frequency? Okay. Whichever of our podcast listeners happen to be cardiac surgeons or cardiovascular experts please send us a note and let us know does low frequency information impact a pacemaker yeah that would be interesting to know that would be interesting to know okay jake cody god can't hear us singing to him because it's so loud oh my goodness all right no no phrase thank you for this one lady said the subs were rattling dead bugs off of the ceiling and they were falling on her uh, that's that's possible. Sounds sounds like your building team needs to get to work. Yeah, I don't think that means you turn your subs down. I think that means you need to get up and scrape the bugs off your ceiling every once in a while. <laughs> um, please turn down the drums on the walk-in music. Just the drums. Just the drums. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, we'll be mixing uh, walk-in and walk-out. Uh, you should play other songs. He, th- he thought Midas Pro 2 was a karaoke machine. True story. (laughs) Unreal. Oh, this is good. So the PM comes over to me and asks in my ear, is it supposed to sound like that? That's weird. (laughs) Thanks, jerk. Jordan D. Hines. Christmas Eve opener. Lady screams at me. This is too loud at 90 dB. Sorry, Jeff. You might have to beep out there. Yeah. Um, F-bomb in church. Pray Jessica that, Lynn lady. says, your vending machine ate my dollar and didn't give me my Coke. 
Man. Unbelievable. That must have been the wing console for sure. <laughs> oh, this one's nice, David Applewhite. This is a, the best complaint. I came from Church on the Move, and it sounds just like theirs here. That's a compliment. So they were complaining that like they didn't like it here either because it sounds just like Church on the Move. Like, well, my friend, that's a compliment. That's a pretty good compliment. Oh, my goodness. That electric guitar is like fingernails on the chalkboard of my soul. (laughs) (laughs) Turn it down or I'll sue you for assault. I'm a lawyer. Oh, here's, well, here's a different bodily problem. The guy says... I feel the low end in my bladder, and I'm not going to make it through a whole service. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Like bef- old man before problems. what? Well, we're going to find out in about two minutes. How about this one? I had a lady tell me the bass waves are penetrating my body. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. It's getting hot. This one's weird. Bass is too loud. I played keys in the 70s. <laughs> not the left well, hand. I mean, <laughs> like, what does that mean? Such an expert. Hey, bro, you got to get that 30K under control. Uh, yeah, I'll get right on that. Yeah, no kidding. Pass the range of human hearing by a lot. Your vocal sounds too fake. <laughs> oh, hey, here's one for you, Jay. You might need to track her down. Lions and Stripes says, the music is making my dress move. Couldn't tell if it was actually a good thing. Okay. My kind of church. There's a there's so many that are bass related. Sub sub sub. Yeah. Sub sub sub. You'll care about volume when you have your own children. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Clearly we don't care about children. Good That's stuff. Awesome. Dude, there's some great ones. We need to ask more fun questions. So keep sending us these turned down complaints. Obviously, the longer stories with handwritten notes are always appreciated. You can, uh, you know, anytime we can attach old lady comments or um, executive pastor comments is always good. So keep them coming. We love hearing from you guys. Before we, um, before we transition to the interview, yeah, I want to just mention a topic publicly so okay. that we have to talk about it the next episode. Oof. Okay, so we'll save this for next week, maybe? Yeah, I'm just going to talk about it now, and then you guys be thinking about this, because I, I, it's a pretty big topic, I think. Okay. Um, it's more of a hot take, maybe a prediction. But let me just share my thought in a sentence or two, and then we can mull this over. But basically, I have a feeling that a trend is going to start happening with front-of-house engineers Definitely in churches, but probably that can be a blanket statement for all genres. And that is more front of house engineers are going to be coming from the musician and studio world than where they've traditionally come from before, which is I'm interested in live sound. I've grown up in live production. Now I'm behind a console. I'm seeing it happen. I don't know if it's a trend yet where um, musical directors, studio engineers with laptops, and they're learning this stuff as teenagers and college age are now finding themselves behind consoles and in broadcast suites and churches. And 
I'll give you the reason why I think it's happening, and then we can talk about it later. I think it's because worship leaders, creatives, and MDs are liking the results better from that type of engineer than they are who's currently behind the consoles. That's a, I'm speaking in generalities. I mean, there are exceptions. More musical mixers. Yeah, even that's dangerous. I think more musical mixers from the studio. I think that's the specific guys learning to mix on laptops and DAWs. All right. Well, let's get to our interview. I'm excited about the in-ear. Sorry, Lee, we're talking about in-ears. Yeah, I know. know nothing yeah. about. But. <laughs> well, we're super excited today to be joined by Philip Sklyrov, who's here with us from 64 Audio. And we're going to talk about in-ears, in-ear monitoring, hearing health. And Lee, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to include you in a conversation about in-ears. So as much as you've tried to avoid it, yeah, we're here and we're, we're going to dive in. Well, you know, I'm looking forward to learning something. <laughs> That's all I got right to on. say. I'm just kidding. So, Philip, you, may, am, not, you I, may not know this, but we give grief to Lee all the time for his um, unwillingness and inability, really, let's be honest, to uh, mix monitors. And so um, <laughs> he, he's kind of avoided any conversation we've had up to this point. And to adhering to modern fashion standards, like <laughs> he wears Crocs. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're about to. I'm sending you some. So, oh God, I'm gonna wear them on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's how I'm gonna get stuff out of the oven. <laughs> so, Philip, why don't you tell us what you do at 64 and um, just more about your your story and how you ended up kind of where you are? And we'll just we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, so, 64 Audio, custom and universal in ears. Um, I've been here since uh, April 2018. I'm currently the marketing lead as well as the point person for all of our kind of bigger touring acts and really all mixing and monitoring and all, all kinds of production people is basically my my type of client. Um, I got here through about a decade of touring, um, mostly front of house, tour managing, front of house and monitors. Um, I worked with a band called Kai Kai for a little while. Um, artists like Mark Sibilia, some some work with John Mark McMillan, The Brilliance, Gunger, um, over that kind of span. Um, and then really paused on touring when I got married back in 2015, 2016. Um, I worked in music publishing for a couple of years um, for a gotcha. company called The Crystal Creative over here in Portland, um, doing music licensing and just general publishing stuff. Um, but throughout all those years, ever since 2010, really, I've worked with 64 Audio, whether it was with the bands I was working with or just audio in general. Um, the owner and founder, Vitaly, was one of my kind of mixing mentors growing up. He was, you know, kind of a staple front of house guy in this area. And so he taught me a lot of what I used through my kind of touring and mixing career. And it continues on today, you know, the, the occasional fly out thing, if, if anyone's desperate and kind of mixing around town, but mostly the last couple of years, it's just been at a desk, which is fine by me. <laughs> I've really, really dug it. That's cool. Well, um, it's interesting that we have you here today because we're at the end of May, and May is Better Hearing Month, and so there's no better time to talk about better hearing than 
now. So, um, hey, how do you, you know, know I, it's Better Hearing Month? Is that like something the senior citizens get in a flyer? Or yeah, something? you know, when, <laughs> when you get to the age when you actually need hearing aids, then you know you get these things in the mail sometimes that uh, remind you about your health and wellness. <laughs> it's all fun and games here, Philip. It's yeah, all fun you'll get games. there soon, Jay. It's fine. <laughs> you'll get a <laughs> notification on your phone, like a like an iCalendar notification. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> iCal notification. Better hearing month. You better go get your hearing checked. Yeah. No. So, but all, all kidding aside, obviously for all of what we do and for all of our audience, you know, our hearing is super important. So we wanted to talk for a few minutes about not just with in-ear monitors and custom molds, but just sort of hearing health in general, you know, some best practices, some tips, like what are you guys, what are you guys talking to your tribe these days about in terms of just hearing protection and the importance of that and all that? Like, what do we need to keep in mind? Um, well, you know, that's kind of one of the, one of the main aspects of a, of an in-ear monitor is to protect hearing. Um, but it, it's, it, you also get a lot of control as well as the performer. So you have to keep a few things in mind. I think a general rule of thumb is, you know, if you're, if you're playing a set and you pop one ear out and you hear the noise around you is quieter than the mix that's in your ears, you're probably doing the the kind of opposite of what you should be doing, which is, you know, you pop your in-ear off and it's way louder out there than it is in here. Um, so that's kind of a good indication of, of where to start, at least. Um, there's, you know, the, the age-old issue of your ears just getting tired over the course of a tour, over the course of a a conference like you guys do for a few days in a row where your ears just don't get a break and you just can't afford a break. You know, you're playing a, a different set every night. Um, and so we, we worked on technology to, to help alleviate that as well. But um, a lot of it has to do with just, yeah, general practices, trying to avoid loud stuff when you, when you can avoid it, whether that's, you know, um, clipping your hair and, and like, like I literally wear earplugs when I get my hair clipped because the clippers are so loud. I mean, I, I, I am borderline obsessive with it. Um, just because I, I work in this kind of space. Um, but as far as, you know, performers and, and mixing engineers specifically, um, you know, I've, I know this is probably taboo to say, but I've worn earplugs at a front of house desk before. You know, I, I, I build a mix. I know how to, you know, especially when you have a mix that's kind of lined up and you're running cues and, and you know what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah. And Lee also might not want to hear this, but I, I've mixed front of house with in-ears on primarily as well when I trust a PA. Um, and and I know I know what I want to hear in the in-ears versus the PA. And so I, I'm able to control volume that way. But I mean, I generally don't mix very loud even in a club venue, theater venue, I'm, I don't like to go past like 101, 102 um, peak decibels. So, which is still loud, you know, that's, but oh, then yeah. you have those moments in you know, like an arena or, or church, I guess, even when it's like, when it hits 104, it's like the difference in 102 to 104 is di- more drastic to me than 100 to 102. It's like as soon as you get over that 102 number, it's like, okay, now you're cooking. <laughs> yeah. And so are your ears probably. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I noticed after a weekend of mixing, and this is, I, I've actually started to notice this more the last couple months as we're um, developing some new products and I'm giving feedback yeah. on, on those new products that on Monday, I hear different after the weekend. Interesting. You know, we're, I'm listening to something that has like a lot of resolution and the high frequencies, um, some new products that we're working on. And it, whereas like Thursday, Friday, something was sounding a little bright, a little peaky, I put them on on Monday and it feels, it sounds fine. It doesn't sound That's bright great. or peaky at all. And, but it literally has to do with my ears. I'll, I'll just, I notice that and I put earplugs on. I try not to, um, not to talk too much. My voice is really boomy and really low mid, low heavy. And so even wearing in-ears or earplugs and talking really messes with my hearing because of the occlusion effect where, you know, you plug your ears and you hear your voice just massive in your head. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And back to your uh, comment, maybe I don't want to hear mixing with inner monitors. As you're saying that, I started thinking like, why, why do I not like that? And I think it's because it just is uncomfortable for me to think about being in that situation. Yeah. Not necessarily because I think it's a bad mixing practice. It would. It's more of like, I don't know how I feel about this. That makes me nervous. So yeah. if you can be comfortable with it. I know some people have done this too. I've seen Chris Greeley do this a ton. That's, I mean, that, that's kind of one of my other mentors was Chris over here yeah. growing up in Portland. That's, that's who I learned it from was, was Chris. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. And he would throw in-ears in and then make these micro, I'm talking micro adjustments, and then pop them back out. And it was it was almost like he's going, I know what this should sound like. Let me throw these in so I can actually hear, especially like, you know, one dB cut on a vocal in the low mids, It that may be hard to hear in the room, but he puts his in-ears in and he can find that spot a lot easier and then pop them back out and go, oh, that's better. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you said it perfectly. Like he, he's one of the people that I feel like his studio mixes translate so well to live mixes, you know, regardless of what your opinion is on his mixes. Yep. They really translate the, but yeah, he, he's been doing that forever. That's kind of who I learned it from. Um, not even, not even just, uh, kind of EQ decisions, but like gating really important, you know, I was, I was mixing some monitors um, on an uh, what is it S twenty one the Digico the small one, yeah, um, and the attack on on the internal compression was just really fast and I was just I kept hearing this like distortion I I was hearing this distortion on this vocal I couldn't figure it out I'm not seeing red lines anywhere all the plugins are looking good and it was just this really fast attack on this compressor that I was hearing. Um, same thing with, you know, gates kind of being a little too quick and opening and closing that like little fluttering effect that you get on a tom. Yep. Really being able to dial that in with in-ears is great because, you know, you just, you start, uh, we're putting out a couple of educational videos in the next uh, couple of weeks. I think we're putting out a snippet today actually, um, or tomorrow, but essentially kind of explaining to people that mixing with in-ears is an entirely different approach to mixing with, you know, a PA or especially monitors it where as a, as a musician on stage with the floor monitor, this is obvious to us, but you know, to some people it kind of like clicks your floor monitors, you're trying to get your mix above everyone else's, you know, PA, you're trying to get the, 
the the signal that's coming to you louder than the reflections, louder than the environment around you. With in ears, you just you're putting earplugs on and then you're just building from there. And the great thing is you you can learn to build very minimally and get the job done and and protect your hearing. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of what what I really love about in ears is even in mixing front of house, I could I could pop them in, and if I know to trust my PA, I know that if my mix is feeling wide or it's feeling, you know, a little too kind of crammed, the in ears will really show as I'm mixing. Like, oh wow, everything's kind of bunched up together, things are clashing, and you know, I can start working from there. What you're which, talking uh, about? Which sixty four ears are you generally wearing? Um, I've been using our A18T since they were released back in 2015. Um, and lately I've started using the A18S. Um, back then I was still touring. I was just like, to my rep at the time, I was like, just make me whatever is new. I, I didn't even hear them before I got them, but I'm, I'm so glad I, I got them. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, what you were talking about, about, you know, micro tuning a gate this literally just happened to me we recorded a video on the behringer wing console and the video okay. is me putting a mix together from scratch just you know rock band at church from from zero to what i think is like okay we're kind of finished so it's like 40 mm-hmm. something minutes but we recorded it here in our office and it's a really live room like it, it, the room sounds terrible and i'm mixing on studio monitors in front of me well, the video's posted. It's it's up on our subscription site. So today I listened to it with my AirPod Pros in noise cancellation mode mm-hmm. and the drum verb in my headphones. It's a it's a digital drum verb and it's got that mm-hmm. nasty distortion on the first hit. Yeah. That I could not hear in this office. There's no way I could have heard it. And then I put mm-hmm. the headphones on and I'm like, holy crap, I would have never chose that verb. And I'm yeah, four yeah. feet away from these speakers when I mixed mm-hmm. it in here and couldn't hear it. So yeah, I mean, to to your point of comfort level, like cans is an easy choice for front of house because you just you know even the Sony ones that kind of flip open, you just like put one ear up, you put both ears on, super easy. And in ears typically have the kind of that that process of pushing them in and then that discomfort and then taking them out. Um, you know, and that was really uncomfortable uh, for the first few years where even though I was still using in-ears, that kind of constant in and out was, wasn't was really comfortable. But ever since we started using the the pressure-relieving technology, they slide in and out easier, especially if they, they fit on you. And yeah, pop them in, slide them out, can't hear, you know, and it's also different than cans because they isolate the noise. And so as as good of like over ear, I used to use the um, the buyer dynamic ones, the big yep. ones that kind of go all around. DT seven seventies, yeah, yeah, the greats, yeah, yeah, and they did a pretty good job of isolating. But you know, there's not much you can do, in, you know, in a room in a in a club. You mentioned that uh, the pressure relieving thing is that. Tell me about that. That's the Apex modules, right? Yeah. What? Yes. So do they are they designed to relieve pressure or are they? designed to block out noise i've had that question for a minute oh yeah it's it's a great question so it's a patented technology but it's really simple um 
in-ear monitors, in-ear monitor manufacturers ever since the beginning have made uh, like ambient ports available for people who want to either hear more around them or feel less pressure buildup. And our goal was to help alleviate ear fatigue. Um, you know, what I mentioned earlier on where you're after a set wearing in-ears constantly, you know, it'll take you 30 minutes, an hour, and your ears are tired and they're less sensitive. Um, and so we wanted to alleviate that and the patented technology, the patented Apex module is really simple. It's just a way to let the air out without losing isolation and without losing low end. Um, so, you know, when you drill an ambient port into the ear, you just lose all bottom end, like anything below 50, 60 hertz, just like massive dip. Um, and so the modules, the three different versions that we have give you a choice between minus 20-ish and minus 10-ish, um, depending on how open you want it to feel and how how much pressure relief because once you put your in-ears in everyone kind of knows this feeling you're putting them in and then once you get that seal it feels like someone vacuumed the inside of your ear out and it, ha it has like this negative pressure feeling um combine that with a plane taking off and it it'll mess with you oh yeah i mean i've i've literally had a land to start a tour and my ears are plugged for the first like four dates and yeah. I can't get them unplugged because I was I was wearing in ears on a plane. Well, luckily, I mean this this solves it entirely. But yeah, that's that's the simple explanation of the technology. Is it just it helps even out the pressure between your environment and your ear canal? Um, you know, whenever you trap that space, there's also something that happens where the the air is being pushed into your eardrum by the drivers that are in the in ear monitor itself. Um, and that's also relieved with the Apex technology. But, I mean, it's something that you just feel instantly. Um, if you've used in-ears for a really long time and you put these in, you notice the difference just from just from the insertion and, and the removal of them. Um, not to even mention the kind of long-term, you know, after a whole set, you really feel the difference. Um, Jay, uh, James Berry probably mentioned this, but that's kind of one of his, one of his bigger things was enjoying the apex technology because of his ability you know to mix a whole show without having that insane fatigue that ear ringing um so that that was the goal i mean hearing health was the initial goal and it came with sonic benefits too you know it goes from a really narrow feeling mix to feeling like you're mixing with a set of open back headphones your your mix goes from here to you know way back here um psychoacoustic stuff happening that, you know, helps not only protect the hearing, but um, widen up the mix. We talked about this on a previous podcast episodes ago that I just got a new pair of ears and my fit wasn't great the first time on one of my ears and you, mm -hmm. were, you were awesome and getting them fixed. And then when I first wore my 12s for the first time, uh, I heard things I hadn't heard before. It's above 14K, Jeff. Don't worry about it. Um, but, <laughs> I stopped hearing that years ago. It's all right. <laughs> but I was so blown away. I hadn't had new in-ears in years. And it was like uh, somebody then mentioned to me that it's worth getting new in-ears every couple of years for that reason. One, your ear changes shape and uh, two, drivers get old and whatnot. What would you say is like good time frame for people to get new in-ears and stuff? 
Um, yeah, you're right. The your ears don't ch- uh, stop changing shape, meaning they keep growing. Old people have massive ears. <laughs> yeah, um, turn around, turn to the side, Jeff. Jeff, show us what we got. Where we go? We're going. You here. guys are killing me today, man. This is nuts. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a roll. I feel great about myself. So I know. you want to see a 36 <laughs> year old ear here? I know it's been a while. Yeah. The um, so it is a good idea to update the ears. Um, we offer services that. Essentially, we'll, we'll adjust the the fit of the ear. We'll build it up here and there. Um, and you can do that anytime. Just send them in and we fit adjust them. Um, I mean, this is common practice through the industry. Remolding is also an option where you get a new set of, <clears throat> sorry, you get a new set of impressions taken, you send them in, and we essentially put the components into that new shell. Um, driver-wise, I think, you're good as long as you keep up with them. You know, the biggest, the biggest killer of, of in-ear, in-ear monitor drivers, balanced armature drivers is, is moisture and corrosion. And so that's why most manufacturers will actually put um, a desiccant or a dehumidifier into the case. Oh, yeah. So that will um, help wick out that moisture. But as long as you keep up with them, I mean, the again, a, an easy rule of thumb, easy easy to say, but maybe sometimes not in practice, is just wiping them off, cleaning them after every single use, um, whether that's a paper towel, an alcohol wipe, your shirt, your pants. Yeah. <laughs> just keep them clean, put them in the box, and you know, you'll you know that next time they're good to use. But yeah, moisture I, and, and I sent some ears in to I text him and said, Hey, I got an artist. His he said his drivers are blown on the left side. Uh, I need these turned around super quick. Mm-hmm. And I, we mailed them overnight. Uh, James actually mailed them to you overnight. And uh, you sent them right back and said, they just had wax in them, man. <laughs> to, <laughs> to find out the artist I'm going to leave nameless was using a coffee stirrer to kind of get the wax out. That's not advisable either. He was basically just cramming more wax in. So. <laughs> Christian Stanfield. Oh, there it is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's just not just not the right protocol. I also would like for the listeners at home to note that I'm the only one wearing 64 ears on this call. All right. Jeff uh, is wearing his AirPods. Jeff has some though. So I this is a good moment to tell you why I don't have any and maybe you can tell me if I should try something new. So I I had a pair of Westone ES5s in 2010. And I'm not asking you to talk poorly of your competitors and we don't have to, but I also, I've got super dry skin Mm -hmm. and my ear canal gets really dry. So when I was putting in-ears in and out every single day, not because I was mixing monitors, because (laughs) I was, I was running a lot in my younger years and I developed an outer ear infection because of the irritation that the mold caused in my ear canal. And it was a really bad infection, just actually completely closed my ear up, doctor, the whole deal. So I just stopped using them. And my doctor was like, sorry, you can't use those anymore. So is there something now that you think would be less abrasive? Like a KY for in-ears? <laughs> yeah, something like that. There actually is a KY for in-ears, yeah. Um, we sell it on our website. It's literally called ear gel. Internally, we call it ear lube. I don't know. <laughs> You know, it's funny. We've actually gotten flagged on Facebook because we sell this ear gel because of what Facebook thought it was. <laughs> That's hilarious. But no, um, to uh, to get serious with it, you know, there are definitely people that have issues with it. I mean, it's something, 
it is something that's not really natural to do is to plug your ears and put something in them. Yeah. Um, and, and we're always trying to explore what else is possible, you know, not to give too much away, but we are working on things that will change things around in that, in that space. Hopefully, uh, this year will be one of the products that we're releasing. Um, I don't know if it'll be entirely a pro audio product or uh, kind of more specifically an audiophile product, but yeah, we are always working on that. I would say uh, universal monitors are great, especially if you can find a, a, a tip that works for you. And that's one great thing about universals is you can, I mean, there's literally hundreds of choices of tips. Yeah. You have silicone, uh, foam, you have hybrid where there's silicone and foam. I was trying a couple uh, a few weeks ago, um, dual flange, triple flange, all kind of stuff. You can even get, you know, the um, little custom tips that, that some companies offer. But yeah, that could be an option for you. I personally found that my ear canal actually gets more irritated with a universal tip. And it's just that constant, like really yeah. trying to jam it in, trying to make sure that it's in there and not moving around. Um, and then again, it could also just be the ears, the, the canal wasn't tapered enough. You know, it was, mm. it, you know, if you take a, if you take an impression, for example, an ear impression and you just kind of chop it where you need it to chop, you know, where, where it needs yep. to stop, you know, it's a, it's a square basically, mm. you know, you have the, you have your natural canal shape, but then if you just cut it, it just this flat top. And the trick is to taper it enough to where it'll slide into the canal, but not so much so that you will lose the seal because that second bend is really important for the seal of the in-ear monitors. Um, and that's something that people should know about in-ears is, you know, uh, if you're if you're calling your audiologist to get impressions made, making sure that they understand that it's for in-ear monitors and not he hearing aids because hearing aids are usually never, the impression material is usually never shot um, past the second bend. Um, and that's one of the biggest issues we find in that first step is um, the impression's not going in all the way. Um, but it is crucial. I mean, it's so crucial to the seal, uh, that second bend. But anyway, yeah, uh, Lee, kind of to your concerns, uh, you could always try. You could always see see what, yeah. it, what it feels like nowadays. Um, one of our, our second patent is this process called 3D Fit, um, which is a... I, I call it a hybrid impressions process, meaning some some competitors, and this this was us up until a few years ago, do an all kind of hand-poured approach to in-ears where you get a physical mold, you make a reverse cast of it in a colloid material, and then you pour liquid acrylic into it and cure it for a particular amount of time to create the shell. Um, a lot of issues with that, we wanted to come up with something a little bit better and a little bit more efficient. And we can kind of came up with this hybrid of digital and I guess analog where we get the physical analog impressions from the audiologist or from you. But then rather than um, dipping it in wax and cutting it up and, and, and making a reverse cast of it, we scan it into a, a digital software and then in a digital space, we put all of the kind of spaces for the components into the shell, and then they're 3D printed from there. So ever since 2015 or so, we've we've had a much better 
uh, much better time with fitting. I know, Jay, you mentioned you had a little bit of a fit issue. That's also, I don't think we'll ever be able to avoid um, the the fit issue here and there. Hopefully, we're able to kind of quickly fix that. But that's something at least that we do. Y'all work uh, great. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, that's just something that we've been doing. And again, it's our second patent that we've gotten, which is the 3D fit process. That's very cool. Um, well, I think we need to make it a project to uh, get some new in-ears for Lee and see if we can let 64 make him some that will uh, be comfortable and not irritating and infection-free. Yeah. So might be a good project for yeah. the summer. Lee, I, I watch the audiologist. I can do your molds. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm still not going to mix monitors, so I don't <laughs> These are they're for, they're for the plane ride. That's all. For, for the listening. plane ride yeah. and hearing protection while I'm duck hunting is really. Lee, do, do a lot of people. Um, I did get the earplugs when I got these, and I love those things. Those things are amazing. Yeah. Um, but do a lot of people at Bayside use molds that are volunteers even? Um, yeah, I mean, there are a few that have volunteered for so long and do it so much that they've chose to invest in those themselves, but mostly it's, you know, we have a kind of a stock of universal fits and we buy foam inserts, which by the way, I saw the line item on how much we spend on foam inserts. It's, it's wild. Bananas. Which ones do you get? The, the most expensive ones made of pure gold, apparently. <laughs> yeah, gosh. It's crazy how expensive that gets when you're talking, you know, eight campuses, multiple services. Every week. Every week and student teams. And, you know, five nights a week, there's a service going on. You know, eight people on stage every night all year long. You start adding that up and that's thousands and thousands of sets of foamies. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot. We... um the reason I ask is we we're in a similar boat here at the Passion City House, and a bunch of our team just ordered a bunch of our our door holder teams, which was really encouraging because if it's not that I want people to spend money when they don't need to, but um, we did a workshop here about in ear monitoring, and then there's a lot of questions, and then. Um, we got a demo kit that had the kind of the whole range on it, and we spent a lot of time with people talking about two drivers or three drivers or 18 drivers and why. And uh, I, this was my statement that it, I didn't care how many drivers they got. I wanted them to feel comfortable in their price range. I didn't want anyone to overextend themselves and that uh, getting a, f a sealed monitor was more important than anything else, going from generics to a sealed monitor. That's probably the same scenario for a lot of our listeners uh, in the church and outside of the church. But uh, where would you tell people to start? Where would be like your advice to tell people to start? Um, yeah, that's a that's a big one, especially in churches. Um, I've I've been around so many transitions, just working across churches in the area and in the country. Um, even even getting into in ears with a generic fit, it's for some people the the first experience kind of sets them on a negative path for the rest of for the rest of their time on stage. Um, a lot of times it's physical discomfort, meaning you know they'll they'll put a set of in ears on and they'll plug it into an avion and they'll have like the headphone extension and it's like on the outside of their shirt and it like pulls their head back and they come late to practice already and it's like, 
everything's kind of a mess and it's loud and they don't hear themselves. And it's just, it becomes this like traumatic experience for the first time. Um, and my advice is always just, if especially if it's your first time, just slowly make it feel comfortable in your body, whether it's customs, generics, putting them on, putting the memory wire around your ear, using the cinch all the way up to your head, use a shirt clip to kind of clip it onto your collar so that it doesn't pull the, the your neck back if the cable gets pulled, run it under your shirt, just get really comfortable. Don't don't speed through it because it'll just kind of set yourself up for failure. Um, and then another thing is is really a, a mix-related thing. People, especially now with, you know, Behringer has an option, uh, Avioms, obviously, Allen & Heath's options, where people mix their own ears a lot. Um, they tend to just, they plug in maybe where the last person left off. Yeah. Um, the particular mixer and then they just go from there and then it's like i can't hear anything everything sucks i don't hear myself when everyone starts playing it sounds terrible um just starting from zero like you can you know it won't take you long to mix 16 or eight channels so just start from zero start practice at zero turn yourself up turn your click up and then try to try to put the people on stage where they are and i'm speaking you know, to, to mix guys at churches. Like this is what I would recommend you tell the people that are having trouble with in-ears is starting slow, building the mix that way, and then panning huge. You know, if I, I honestly can't stand the, the sound of a mono ear mix, it's, it's something that is really jarring where everything is just fighting in the center of your head. Um, stereo it's a big one i know some people don't have the the room on their consoles for you know eight stereo mixes uh but yeah as as much as you possibly can don't don't mix it in your mix in mono because it'll really really crush you for sure i haven't thought about that much till now but it that would be tough to be an in-ear manufacturer and hear from someone we don't like the way this sounds when all of that could be coming from the instruments, poor miking, a bad mix. It's like, well, why don't you go plug a, a Toto track into those headphones and tell me how they sound, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a part of the process. And, um, you know, luckily we're, we're fairly good at kind of keeping close contact with churches, bands, and trying to figure out what sort of issues people have. Sometimes the issues are yeah. really obscure. Like, we had this issue with um, a particular model just not working well with uh, the PSM stuff, the P9R and the P10R. Um, yeah, and it had to do with it had to do with the batteries. I mean, if you're using, I mean, this is a, a good plug for anybody. If you're using any of the, we found it specifically in this case, but it's good rule overall use high quality lithium or the manufacturer's rechargeable batteries within your packs. If you're using bad batteries, you can you can have a lot of issues. Um, and it has to do with the impedance of the in-ears themselves. So in particular, if you're using like our Nate model or the A18T, um, where the impedance is, you know, six ohms, 
nine ohms. The new stuff is better. The P10R Plus, I believe, is their is their newer version. It can handle those lower loads a little bit easier, but it'll really drain the the battery, and you'll hear distortion. It'll cut the thing out um, just because there's not enough load, and it's having a really hard time delivering voltage. Um, so that's that's something that um, I. We had we. It took a while for us to really get there. You know, someone's calling us like, "Hey, this thing's cutting out. I have no idea what's going on." And we are just, and we have That's all crazy. these units in house, and so we're just going through scrambling, trying to figure out, like, you know, running running pink noise at 130 decibels for like eight hours, trying to, you know, see see what we're getting. And yeah, that that was just kind of one example of of an issue. Another, we we've even had. I've even had clients send me live recordings and we were literally on the phone talking, trying to see if we hear the same thing. And what ended up being the problem was this person just didn't realize that their voice sounded really, really harsh and really, really shrill in the mix. And they were interpreting it as distortion or kind of just some, a lot of times people don't know the words to use. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this and again, this is something for the the mixed guys out there, mixed people. The people you're working with sometimes don't use the same words that you use. You know, this example, this person just kept saying distortion, distortion. And as we're on the phone listening to her voice singing, you know, this multi-track recording, we've reached the point where she's like, here's where I hear distortion. And I was like, okay, I get it. It's it's not distortion. It's just this like really, really intense, like 3K, like cutting through my ears. And and I that that's literally what it was. Um <laughs> and you're like, so, let yeah. me introduce you to a uh multi-band uh dynamic EQ. Yeah, exactly. So it is hard in that sense, you know, trying to trying to cut through all the variables to see where the issue is. Obviously, sometimes the issue is with the in-ears. Um, but yeah. You're totally right. There's a lot of factors, and it, there's a lot of different setups as well. And trying to trying to figure out what that problem is. I mean, even not to keep going with examples, but like those freaking earphone extension cables. Yeah, you know, you get like this ten feet of a terrible cable that raises your impedance, totally crushes your imaging, um, and that's you know we're testing the in ears with you know a cable that's uh, this long. Yeah, but then some of the customers are putting like a twenty foot, you know, quarter inch cable plugged into it, and you know we're just not on the same page. Hopefully, we'll be fixing that soon um, <laughs> with with our own offerings. But yeah, a lot of variables. That's a really good point, though. I mean, the you know the hundred pack of twenty five foot headphone extensions from Monoprice for eight dollars is probably not the best choice to pair with your thousand dollar set of custom molded in-ear monitors (laughs) yeah i mean cables although there is plenty of snake oil out there they do matter to a certain degree especially you know we go through a lot of trouble to source uh, a really great silver plated copper cable that has less than i believe 0.3 ohms of of resistance all the way around and that is that has a lot to do with what they will sound like when plugged into things um, we, we do have a technology called linear impedance design that attempts to alleviate those issues that people have with, with impedance. Um, 
but it's still a, a pretty pretty valuable factor as well. That's really cool. That's awesome. Well, for people who have more questions and people who want to maybe explore the idea of custom molds for the first time, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and get their questions answered? Yeah, um, reach out to info at 64audio.com or support at 64audio if you have an issue with your current ears. Um, We get back to people within 24 hours. Um, We will be releasing a series of educational videos in the coming weeks where we'll start from the very, we'll start from absolute scratch, who we are, what we do, what are any monitors, all the way to um, what kind should I get as well as uh, how can I integrate them into my system. So be looking out for those. We're hoping that it'll be a resource just for everybody, regardless of what they're using. So yeah, that's that's something that I think will will be really great. But yeah, reach out all of our emails, DM us, comment on our posts, anything. We're we're all kind of in the same building here, and we we reach back out to people within twenty four hours. That's awesome. If you're coming to the MXU tour, I'll jam some putty in your ear and take some molds. <laughs> yeah, we're actually uh, well. I don't know if we can announce it official yet, but we're talking to you guys and figuring out uh, what we can do to get you guys out on the tour and provide some cool listening experiences, maybe even some molding. So we'll, we'll announce that more officially as, as we get closer, but we we're cooking up something. Yes. Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah. Well, Philip, thanks so much for all the info today. I love the stories and I mean, who knew that a battery from a wireless pack could cause so many issues with in-ears. So, I mean, Dig in, everybody, because you know this is an important topic, and 64 is a great company to work with. So if you're in the need for some new ears or want to explore custom-molded ears for the first time, reach out to Philip and the team there because they are a great company with excellent resources. So, man, thanks so much for today, and uh, we can't wait to see you on tour. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Really love what you do. Been following you guys for a really long time, and awesome to see it expand seeing new faces and can't wait to hopefully see you guys on tour if everything doesn't shut down again (laughs) (laughs) don't say that don't say that that. that. that's great take care all right bye guys well that was really cool i hope that we can figure out a way to get philip to come to the tour uh because it'd be fun to have him to hang out with and we might be able to work it out so that we could get some molds for people on site and maybe some other cool things like get to listen to some of those models and figure out which ones you like and yeah. all that. He didn't really seem um, too keen about me doing the molds. No, well, he, he didn't comment on that, did he? Yeah, that was that was a hard no. That's why it's <laughs> not, not worth discussing. Yeah, I'm not sure I want you sticking anything in my ear either. No, for sure. 100%. I'm never going to let him do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless I use ear gel. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, that's about a wrap. Go check out our website for information on the tour. Today, May 31st, is probably gone by, but last day to get early bird tickets. And as always, new content on MXU Now. Um, like and share this podcast. Um, In-ear monitor is a hot topic. So, you know, send this to your your worship teams i'm sure they would love to to hear and learn about it check on each other yeah 
Well, guys, it's always a pleasure. We'll see you next time. Peace.